0: It's Friday, folks. Hope you guys are all doing great out there. The weekend is here, but plenty to get to ahead on this weekend edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Our position group previews continue as we continue to get ready for BYU fall camp. Setting the stage for the defensive end position, Tyler Batty. Can he stay healthy this year? We'll dig into that. We'll also talk about BYU's kicking position. Three legit contributors? What in the world's going on in special teams for BYU? We'll dig into that as well ahead on today's show as well as a look back at the 1992 season for BYU, the year of the quarterback and not in a good way we'll explain ahead on today's podcast. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over the Locked On NBA channel. Want to encourage you guys upcoming next week with the NBA draft on deck. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Raphael Barlow and Locked On NBA draft, Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. So follow the Locked On NBA channel on YouTube today and watch their live coverage beginning at 5 o'clock on June 29th. All right, let's have some fun on a Friday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 23rd, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. A big thank you once again for joining us right here on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU with Locked On Cougars. Uh, By the way, a happy... Pioneer Day, or in some people's instances, Pie and Beer Day. I know that's a funny joke out there. It's it a joke, folks. Let's be clear about that. It's being observed today. Obviously, the 24th is technically Pioneer Day here in the state of Utah. But hope you all are doing great wherever you might be here on this Friday. A reminder for you guys, once again, I sound like a broken record on this, but I want to encourage you guys to make sure to hit that follow button. Join us every single day on this podcast. And a really simple way to do that is to hit that follow button on whichever podcast provider you happen to be listening to us on and hope you guys will join us more often than not. Uh, plain and simple. I'd like to have you guys join us every single day, five days a week. But I also understand that things happen so join us as often as you possibly can and a big thank you for the support as always of the podcast getting going here on a Friday and let's continue on with our position group previews today we're talking about the defensive end position and this is not a hybrid position on BYU's defense we've done a number of those over the past couple of weeks and there are a few more we still need to talk about but we're talking about one of the quote-unquote traditional positions today with defensive end the top guy on BYU's depth chart they released at BYU Football Media Day at the defensive end position is the freshman Tyler Batty. Six foot five, 268 pounds, a product of Pace in high school down there in southern Utah County. And Tyler Batty, in the four games he played in 2020, he gave a glimpse of what everybody thought could be from him. This is a good athlete, a, nay, a great athlete, playing for BYU at the defensive end position. The issue is he suffered back-to-back injuries uh, ankle injuries during the 2020 season after uh, getting on the field for those four games and absolutely just showing what he could do. The hope is that he can get himself healthy and then finally get a chance to show what he can do over a 12-game season. Could he reprise what he did in those four games in 2020? Well, that's the hope. He's got every bit the athletic ability to be one of the guys that you just say, okay, that is a dude. He can be a star. He can be the guy that BYU football is finally back in the pass-rushing business. He, He screams all of that when I'm speaking of Tyler Batty and by the way, he's still technically a true freshman. By the way, recently got married to his girlfriend. Congratulations to him and his new bride, Elena. Uh, Happy nuptials to all of them. But Tyler Batty If he can overcome those ankle injuries, I would love to see him out there for 12 straight games playing at defensive end for BYU because I am so high on his ability. Any of you who listened to this podcast going back to last offseason know I was crowing about Tyler Batty and his potential. Uh, The hope is that he can continue to do that. I don't know that ultimately pans out that way where he is going to be that star, but you want to see the opportunity for him to do that. So I hope he has good health this year and he can show what he can do. But the good news is that he's also got a number of capable backups, it appears, on the depth chart. One of them is a guy that, uh, similar to Batty, I was very high on when he came out of the high school ranks. And that is Alden Tofa, four, two 260-pound redshirt junior out of West Jordan High School originally. Well, before Tyler Batty, Batty, there was Alden Tofa in my world, and I thought Alden Tofa was going to come and be the great uh, pass rusher that BYU has been looking for. There's still time for him to accomplish that, and Alden has got a lot of physical ability. Great size. Like I mentioned, 6'4", 260, a guy who is built the right dimensions you want to see at defensive end. Now it's a matter of him putting it all together and then getting out of the field in significant enough reps to show what he can do. If Tyler Batty is slowed by any type of injury, I would not hesitate to put Alden Tofa in the game and let him do his thing. I am really, really high on Alden despite a period here where he's not produced at the level I expected when he came out of the high school ranks, and I venture to say that he also expects more of himself. But the good news is, if Tyler Batty's not healthy, I think you got a proven option, or at least an intriguing option in Alden Tofa. Third string at defensive end is number 99, Alema Pelimai, a converted tight end for BYU, a guy who was kind of a casualty of too many bodies in the tight end room. Well, Alema Pelimai has similar dimensions to the other guys we've talked about today. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. He is a redshirt sophomore, and Alema Pelemai. If he can figure out the defensive end position, there's no reason to believe that he can't contribute in some meaningful way for BYU. The good news for all three of these guys this year is the defensive line for BYU is very much in kind of flux right now. A lot of proven options graduated, were moved on to the NFL, especially in the case of both uh, Kairos Tonga, drafted by the Chicago Bears, as well as Zach Daw, who was signed by the Atlanta Falcons. It's unfortunate that Bracknell Bakery had a medical episode that precluded him from really participating at BYU Pro Day, because I also think he was deserving of an NFL opportunity, and maybe that comes down the road for him, but... There's a lot of guys moving on from this defensive line. And the good news is for guys like Tyler Batty, Alden Tofa, or Alema Mai, their opportunity is there for them to prove themselves once again to these coaches. There's no incumbent starter for BYU's defensive line that comes in and says, that's my job. This is going to be a true opportunity for all these guys to kind of reset the clock, show the coaches what they can do once again. Because the coaching staff, especially in the case of both uh, Elisa Tuiaki as well as Preston Hadley, who now takes over as defensive ends coach, by the way. He'll be working with Batty, Tofa and Pili Mai. They get an opportunity with a brand new coach to show what they can do. Uh, I'm not going to say that uh, Preston Hadley is not familiar with these guys because obviously he's been coaching at BYU for some time now, helped recruit some of them, but he's a new position uh, position coach trying to find the right guys for what he believes will bring success to the program. Well, here's an opportunity for all three of these young men to go out and show what they can do, and I, for one, look forward to the competition as always. I love when guys come out of seemingly nowhere to prove what they can do. Similar to what Tyler Batty did a year ago. The hope is that Alden Tofa and Aleman might take advantage of that similar opportunity. And, Breakout in 2021. All right, we will talk about BYU football history coming up next, talking about the 1992 season here in the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. And later on in today's show, we'll get to another position group preview, talking about BYU's kicking position, which is strangely very, very deep, and also has a Lou Groza award finalist coming back for just his sophomore year. We'll get to all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. My friends, you guys know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. I mean mean that. 11 uh, what they call base flavors that you can are available at any given time. They also have ones that are available for limited amounts of times. Recently, they had the Grasshopper Cookie flavor. Uh, Previous iterations, they've had such things as the Coconut Brownie Crumble. They have absolutely insane flavors. The best part about all of them, every one that I've ever had has been 100% delicious and the best part about it, healthy for you guys. The macros and built bars are absolutely incredible. 17 18 grams of protein, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and the best part, calories if you're counting calories, just 130 to 180 depending on the bar that you happen to be eating give them a shot folks, you can go to Built.com and learn more about them, place your orders there, some of my favorite flavors include Cherry barcia, Mint Brownie Double Chocolate, Strawberry and Orange, but I guarantee you'll be able to find 3 or 4 that you will enjoy as well so give them a shot, that's Built.com B-U-I-L-T.com while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order at Bilt.com. Cannot encourage you guys enough to give these a shot. They are the best tasting protein bars in the world for a reason. So check them out now. That's built.com promo code LOCKED15, and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, my friends, rounding out the week here on the 100 seasons of BYU Football Countdown. It's crazy to think we've been doing this for about three months now, but we will continue to do it as we get you closer and closer to BYU football upcoming. It's crazy to think it's this close, and fall camp is not that far away, but let's look back now at the 1992 BYU football season, and similar to this year's quarterback battle, well, the job to replace Ty Demmer was wide open, and there were five chief participants by most reports, and all of them sophomore quarterbacks who are expected to win the job. I mentioned on yesterday's show, if you listened to it, that John Walsh was the backup for Ty Detmer in 1991. Well, the highly thought of prospect out of Southern California, well, he was expected to be the guy, and he did win the starting job out of fall camp. started the season in fine fashion at UTEP as BYU traveled to El Paso and won that game 38-28, and it sure looked like John Walsh was ready to roll. Well, then John Walsh gets hurt, and BYU had a three-game losing streak after that win at UTEP, Losing to San Diego State is the number twenty-five team in the country, forty-five to thirty-eight. Then they uh, hosted number fifteen UCLA in Provo, lost that game in a narrow seventeen to ten loss, and then played at Hawaii, thirty-six to thirty-two. During this three-game losing streak, BYU's backup quarterback Steve Clements suffered a broken collarbone, which would knock him out for the year. So BYU suddenly is down to their third-string quarterback, a guy by the name of Ryan Hancock. Yes, some of you may be familiar with him on social media. Ryan, a great dude. I've golfed with him, gotten to know him fairly well. He is an absolute stud. Well, he took off and really got things rolling. He played it in that Hawaii game and played a really, really nice game despite the loss. BYU fell to 1-3, but then got rolling with Ryan Hancock, earning his first start as a BYU Cougar against Utah State the following week. Uh, went out and had an absolutely phenomenal game, won that game 30-9. to Followed that up with a good win against Fresno State, 36-24 in pro. Then went to Wyoming and Laramie won that game thirty-one to twenty-eight. So suddenly BYU's back above five hundred. They're four and three on the year. Traveling to number ten Notre Dame to Notre Dame, Indiana to take on the Fighting Irish in South Bend. BYU got absolutely crushed in this game though forty-two to sixteen. Funny enough the only loss that uh, Ryan Hancock would suffer as the starting quarterback for BYU. We'll explain more here in a moment. They followed that road game up against Notre Dame with another tough one on October 31st as number 14 Penn State came to Provo. Joe Paw coming to the mountains. BYU got some payback for the loss the previous year to Penn State with a 30-17 to win over the Nittany Lions. A huge win for the BYU football program. Ryan Hancock leading the way at the helm of BYU's offense. And then they just rolled from there beat new mexico 35 to nothing smoke air force on the road in colorado springs 28 to 7 and then finish up the regular season at utah and rice stadium winning that game 31 to 22 and that's when the legend of ryan hancock ends because he suffered a knee injury a torn acl running out of bounds in that game but BYU you hold on to win that game 31 to 22 that puts them at 8 and 4 on the season they actually tied for the uh, WAC title with number 20 Hawaii as well as number 24 Fresno State all of them had six and two records the Rainbow Warriors finished 11 and two on the year obviously Fresno State number 24 finished nine and four and BYU would end up finishing eight and five as they traveled to Aloha Stadium the home of the Rainbow Warriors uh, to take on uh, Ho- not to take on Hawaii They I took on Hawaii in Aloha Stadium once that year but BYU was number 25 going into this game as they faced. Off against Kansas in the Aloha Bowl on December 25th. The only time BYU has played a game on Christmas Day was this game on December 25th, 1992, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. I know, the Jayhawks playing in a bowl game. What is going on in this era of football? But <laughs> That's a joke, but the modern, you know, how bad... Kansas football has gotten. But nonetheless, BYU loses a tough game, though, in the Aloha Bowl, losing 23-20 to the Kansas Jayhawks, dropping them to that 8-5 record. And BYU... When you play four different quarterbacks in a season to finish with an 8-5 and five record and to finish co-champions of the WAC, that's a pretty impressive season all the same, if I'm being honest, talking about the 1992 season. But crazy, crazy things. The legend of Ryan Hancock would end there, as we mentioned, because after the ACL injury, he focused on baseball, ended up going into the minor league system of the Los Angeles Angels, or what was then the California Angels, made his MLB debut in 1996, also spent some time pitching in japan before deciding to retire to focus on his family and ryan still lives here locally a guy from cupertino california and ryan if you're listening to this i need to have you on the podcast we'll do that soon get your memories of that 1992 season because it's so one of those ones, I, 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 don't, I know that it was a, like Blue Cougar football, I think is an old blog I remember reading back in the day, and they did a top 10 of like one hit wonders in BYU history. Well, Ryan Hancock, Ryan, you were on that list as the number five guy considering the season you in, you enjoyed for the Cougars that year. Just one loss as a starting quarterback. What might have been for Ryan Hancock had he stayed healthy? But obviously, I think things worked out. When you make it to the show, make it to the major league level in baseball, I'd have a hard time saying that you uh, made the wrong decision. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. But for the season, Ryan Hancock finished with 2,635 yards passing, 17 touchdowns against 13 interceptions. John Walsh, before getting injured, had 857 yards, nine touchdowns, and five interceptions. 1993 will be the year of John Walsh. We'll talk about that on Monday, how 1993 went for the Cougars. And setting the stage for, obviously, the epic 1996 season upcoming that we'll talk about next week. It's kind of fun here. These weekly, as we go through the weeks, some of these stellar seasons, some of these huge seasons of BYU history, it seems like we get one a week. It's been really fun to do that, and I'm hoping you guys are enjoying as we talk about these along the way. Uh, also, in 1992, one of the rare 1,000-yard rushing seasons for BYU during this era, actually one of the rare ones in BYU history overall. Jamal Willis went over the 1,000-yard 1, mark, 1,004 yards total, 11 touchdowns. Kalen Hall, obviously the father of Jaron Hall. Had 742 yards of this season with four touchdowns in his own right. Eric Drage was a man amongst boys receiving the football. Another 1,000-yard season for him. 1,093 yards, a season-long, a 77-yard touchdown reception. Added 12 touchdowns overall. Byronisaurus Rex himself, Byron Rex, had 612 yards and five touchdowns on his way to All-American honors. And one of the great names that I think it's forgotten over the years, Otis Sterling. 6 uh 553 yards receiving and 5 touchdowns Man, when your name is Otis, we should be celebrating you more often. Defensively, uh, we mentioned that Shad Hanson had like 190-some-odd tackles in 1992. Well, 1991, excuse me. In 1992, suddenly Shad Hansen lost like 100 tackles overall. Had 93, 95 total tackles on the year. Brad Clark had 90 tackles. Dewey Gray, Derwin Gray himself, 89 tackles on the year, 9 pass breakups. Also, 5 interceptions for Dewey Gray. Ended up being drafted in the NFL. Had a nice career and, of course, now a pastor down there in North Carolina. Dewey is a huge proponent of BYU football, a guy who values his BYU experience despite having never joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's now a pastor in a different faith, but he talks glowingly of his time in Provo. His wife, Vicki, also a former BYU student-athlete, really, really cool story about them and their success on the field for BYU and, obviously, ever since then, is now Dr. Doctor- Der, Derwin Gray, uh, pastor down there in North Carolina. So there you go. The 1992 season, the year of the quarterback, and not necessarily in a good way, considering BYU had to play four different guys at the position, but still an absolutely massive win. That win over Penn State should not be overlooked, by the way. When you beat a nationally ranked Penn State team with Joe Paw coming to Provo, you got to celebrate that. And obviously we'll continue to break down these seasons as we count you down towards the BYU football season. We'll talk about 1993 on Monday's edition of the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll wrap up the week, wrap up the show for a Friday with a look at BYU's kicking game. Lou Groza, word finalist, Jake Oldroyd, Jake the Make returns. What else does BYU have in the kicking game? We'll examine that here in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at First Colony Mortgage. Many of you know that 1984 is a significant year in BYU football history, but First Colony Mortgage also got their start that fateful year in 1984, and they want to be with you guys along the way no matter what it might be when it comes to your guys' home or housing needs. First Colony Mortgage is a all-in-one shop when it comes to mortgages. They want to help you guys out whether you're trying to get into a new home, your dream home, trying to cash out with some of the equity in your home with a cash-out refinance. You just want to take advantage of the low rates that are still available. They've got that all for you guys, and the best part about First Colony is they have you covered from top to bottom, beginning to end. Zach Hicken, our good friend here on the podcast, is our mortgage officer at First Colony Mortgage. He will be with you guys, explaining every step, making sure you guys are taken care of because, like I said... I'm going to make sure I catch up with him and find out how things are going. So if you guys are looking to do anything of the sort, reach out to First Colony Mortgage. Reach out to Zach directly. You can call him now, 801-380-0752, or check his work out at com. How do you spell Hicken? Well, good thing you asked. H-I-C-K-E-N homeloans.com Zach, a former sports media professional now in the home loan game, he wants to help you guys out. I'd love for you guys to work with them and give us feedback on how things go but like I mentioned, First Colony Mortgage you guys guys covered from top to bottom they house everything in-house and that's probably a weird way to say it but they take care of everything from beginning to end and it's all done within First Colony Mortgage's mortgage's umbrella. Reach out to Zach now, once again, 801-380- Zero seven five two, or check out loans dot com. That's Zach Hicken, NMLS two zero five two two one six. First Colony Mortgage, NMLS three one one two. First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender, and of course, First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we close out the week in the Friday edition of this podcast, let's wrap up our podcast with one more position group preview, and we're going to the special teams for the first time in this position group preview series. We're talking about the kicker position for BYU. Of course, this is a position that's dominated by another star returning player, and that is Jake the Make, Jake Oldroyd himself, Lou Groza Award finalist, a guy coming out of Southlake Carroll High School in Southlake, Texas. Of course, a guy who is going to be connected with Kalani Sitaka in many, many different ways, but obviously when you make the first kick in BYU's first win under Kalani Sitake way back in 2017, or excuse me, 2016, apologies for that, uh, you win that game against Arizona, it it was 2017, maybe it wasn't, I don't know, I'm having a hard time keeping track of all the years at this point, it was 2017, so... You know what? Apologies for that. But nonetheless, Jake Oldrade returns this year, still only a sophomore for the BYU football program, and I expect big things from this young man. He has shown off a monster leg. 54-yard kick was his long on the season last year, went on to be a Lou Groza Award finalist. It is my belief if Jake Oldrade recreates the season he had in 2020, he will win a Lou Groza Award for BYU at some point during his career. That's easier said than done, obviously, because kicking can be such a fit. Thing. You have to have guys blocking for you, have the right snap, have the right holder, all that different stuff. But I'm telling you, Jake Oldroyd is an absolute star at kicker for BYU, and I truly believe he is capable of having another huge year for BYU. And in some ways, you don't want to have guys have a big year if they're a kicker because that means you're not scoring touchdowns. But BYU's got a weapon, at kicker, and they know that, and they will take advantage of all of his skills because they understand it gives them an opportunity to score points at almost any point on the field once they get inside the opposing uh, team's 50-yard line. That's the fun part about it. Uh, Jake has also got the capability of punting if need be, but the good news is, is the kicking position, should anything happen to Jake to make, they've got plenty of depth behind him. Justin Smith uh, filled in for the one game that Jake missed last year, a walk-on from Brighton High School in Sandy, Utah. Did Just fine. Probably doesn't have the range that Jake Oldroyd has. But a guy who's very capable. We've already seen that on the field. And the other guy listed on the depth chart of kicker for BYU is incoming freshman Cash Peterman. Peterman, man... What a self-promoter on social media, by the way, and that's not a bad thing. Peter Peterman knows how to work the social media game, and props to him on that. From Chandler High School, a good friend of Jacob Conover's, a very, very good kicker at the high school ranks, and a guy that I expect will challenge for playing time for BYU, a kicker. Obviously, he's been doing a lot of work with helmets, uh, redesigning them, doing some pink ones, a cool chrome one for BYU fans, that blue chrome. He's done a lot of different things on social media, but the hope is that his kicking game matches his social media game because that would only make BYU that much better at the kicking position. I don't know what's going to shake out here because when you carry three kickers on your roster, I believe uh, two of them are non-scholarship guys. I believe Peterman and Justin Smith are both walk-ons technically to the program. And Jake Oldroyd, I don't know if he's actually a scholarship player. I would assume he's a scholarship athlete now, but he was not a scholarship athlete originally when he came to BYU, and that very well could still be the case. But nonetheless, BYU has an embarrassment of talent at kicker, it looks like at the time being, headlined obviously by the Lou Groza Award finalist himself, Jake Oldroyd, and the good news is the expectation is that the kicking game will remain a weapon for BYU, and not too long ago, folks, that many of you will recall that the kicking position seemed to be a liability versus a strength for BYU, and it's good to have it being a strength once again in BYU football land. Alright, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show, the final show where I am technically still on vacation. Of course, we'll be back on Monday, continuing to break down everything else going on in BYU sports news. We will have it covered for you guys from Top to bottom. That is my job. That is my passion. That's what I love about doing this podcast every single day. Oh, and by the way, make sure you follow the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out "Locked On Cougars." Love interacting with you guys. Getting your thoughts, getting your comments, your concerns, whatever it might be. Love hearing from you guys. So make sure you do that. And also make sure to reach out via email if that's easier for you guys. Lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address if you want to reach out that way. All right. That is going to do it for this week. Hope you guys are all doing great. Hope you guys have had a lot of fun with the podcast this week. And a huge thank you once again for your support as always. We'll of course be back next week talking everything going on in BYU sports. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 23rd, 2021. Happy Pioneer Day, y'all. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.